How many people have your Bibles here with you this morning? Got your Word of God with you? Fantastic. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We've, we've got one here for you. The scriptures will just come up on the screen. And uh, fantastic. How many people this morning, you are not facing or have not faced any pressure at all in the last little while? <laughs> Anybody here faced a little bit of pressure in some way, whether it's financially, personally, in some part of your life, you're facing a little bit of pressure somewhere? Why don't you raise your hands? Oh, look at Oh, Great. So we're on the right track then. Fantastic. Well, wow. that's, that's an incredible thing. And uh, this morning I want, to, I want to share with you one of my favorite pieces of Scripture. And, um, and uh, I, I pray that it will inspire you, that it will lift you up to a new dimension, and, um, and that it will put faith inside of your hearts again. Amen? How many people last year remember the, uh, the word that we got from, uh, from uh, Jeff Jensen? And, Remember that the, the, the prophetic word he, he gave was this. Um, he, goes, he, he said, what got you this far will not get you where you need to go. How many remember that? Yeah. How many people still got that going around inside of their head? Yeah, I, I mean, I've been, I've been questioning that for the last little while. And uh, obviously the next question is, well, uh, that would follow that would be, uh, well, where exactly am I? <laughs> where, is, where exactly is here that I am? And where exactly do I need to be? I mean, it's all very well to say it's what got you here will not get you there, but where is here and where is there? <laughs> and how am I going to get, how am I gonna get from, how are you and me going to get from here to there, not knowing where here is and where there is? <laughs> so anyway, I've been asking myself a few questions and, and, and starting to just look at the whole idea of, of whereabouts exactly am I when whereabouts is here and whereabouts is there, and how am I going to get to here to there? And so I started to explore that and, and and uh, one of the things I've been looking at is this, is, is I believe that, that God is wanting you and I to shift into a greater dimension of living, amen? The title of my message this morning is, do not curse your crisis. Don't curse your crisis. Don't curse your pressure. Don't look down on, your pressure. Uh, don't look down on the pressure or the, the, the pressure that you're facing. Because when you, uh, when, you, when, when, you, when you get the right perspective on your pressure, when you get the right perspective on what you're going through, uh, things can automatically just, just change. It just lifts the whole the weight off your life. What got you here will not get you there. So I believe that here, w- when we talk about here, I believe what he's talking about or what God is speaking to us is about a, a dimension of living that you and I live in. How many people came to Pastor Mike's uh, seminar the other week? He talked about, um, about our metron, about a, about a sphere that we live in. And all of us, to a certain extent, live in a particular dimension. We live, we have a, a, a dimension is, uh, is also known as, a, as an area or a boundary or, a, uh, or something around us. It, 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 it's a measurement of some kind. And uh, one of the things uh, I, I believe it, all of us live in, to a certain extent, we live our lives in, in a certain dimension. We, we live our lives in levels of dimensions, I believe. And um, one of the, we, we, our, our lives take place from, we, we, sh- we shift in ourselves from um, a sphere of influence or... Um, a personal metron. For some people, their, their personal metron, the, the, the dimension that they live their lives in is a very, very small one. Some people I've met, they've never even been out of Hawke's Bay before. Some people, the, the life that they live is, is very, very, it's, it's a small life. But other people I know have a, a, 
live a, a large life. People that are, um, I mean, you see Pastor Mike and different ones here traveling to the nations of the earth, uh, and you see other people that, that the sphere or the dimension of life that they live in is, is phenomenal. And I believe that what he's talking about when, when what the God was speaking to us is God is wanting to shift you and I from the dimension that, that the space that we live in, the, the, the influence, the capacity of our lives, shift it from, from our existing dimension into a greater dimension. Let me ask you this question. What would it look like for you to live in a greater dimension? What would it look like for you to be living in that realm, be living in that place that God, that you know in your heart that God has called you to live in? What would that look like? What would that feel like? What would, that, what would you look like when you lived in a greater dimension? What would it look like if the boundaries that you, that you, the confinements of your soul, the confinements of your life were all of a sudden just expanded out? Your finances, your, your capacity as a leader, your capacity in your workplace. For, for example, some people in their workplace, when, you, when you're an employee in a workplace, if, you're, if your job is to make the cup of teas or to water the plants, that is a very small dimension. But as you walk up the, the, the um, if you step up the ladder in the workplace, your dimension, your metron starts to increase. There's a way, if you look at the, if, if you meet a, a CEO of a large company, they think differently, they operate differently, they, they're a completely different person to the person that waters the plants or makes the cup of tea. What is the difference? Their metron, their, their, they live in a different dimension. What is the difference between... Um, uh, somebody that has just become saved and somebody that is out releasing miracles and, and, and just, for example, when I was in Pakistan just uh, last year, uh, I felt I, I walked into another dimension where I wasn't just uh, in a ministry context um, where we are right now working with, uh, I mean, I love working with youth and things like that, but I believe that God showed me a different dimension. I, I, I walked with somebody who had governmental authority that, would, that could walk into hospitals, just walk straight into the ICU unit, could walk into places of great influence. He walked in a different dimension. And I thought to myself, that is the dimension, that is a realm of living, that is a sphere of influence that I want my life to walk in. And so one of the things I want to talk about this morning is the four, dim- four dimensions that our lives can live in. And uh, I Look, there's probably a hundred, there's probably a thousand dimensions, but this morning I just want to look at four dimensions of the Christian walk. And um, we ha- there's a story here in Mark chapter 2, verse 1. And it says here, And again he entered Capernaum, this is Jesus. And after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house, immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer any room to receive them, not even near the door, and Jesus preached the word to them. Verse 3, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. Everybody say four men. And because they could not get near, the, get near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof. Everybody say the sky is the limit. The sky is the limit. And so when they had broken through, turn to the person next to you and say, you will break through. When they had broken through, not if they had broken through, when they had broken through, uh, they broke through and let down on the bed which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to this paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting around there, and they reasoned in his heart, and uh, why is this guy doing this and blaspheming? And who can forgive sins but God alone? Uh, and then in verse 9 it says, Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise and take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth. Everybody say power on earth. Power on earth. Come on, power on earth. Power on earth. 
to forgive sins. And he said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise up, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up the bed and went to the presence of them all. And so they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never seen anything like this before. Everybody say a higher dimension. We have never seen anything like this before. How many people, you want to come into a dimension where we can say, I have never seen anything like this before. Maybe in your personal life, maybe in your, in your walk with God, maybe in your family, maybe in your business, maybe in your ministry, us as a, collectively as a church, we want to come into a place where we can say, we have never seen anything like this before. We've walked in a, in a, in a dimension, this is small, but we've come to a place from here to there. Here, it's too small for us. There is a greater dimension, a greater dimension of influence, a greater a dimension of authority, a greater dimension of power, a greater dimension of leadership. Come on, give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. So what we have here is we have, we have four dimensions. The first dimension is this. The first dimension, I believe, is this. It's the paralyzed man. Somebody is paralyzed, he's paralyzed from the neck down. In other words, something has gone wrong in his spine here. There's a disconnection from the head and, and the body. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's a complete disconnection. When somebody's paralyzed, they, back then they didn't have wheelchairs like we have today. And uh, when somebody was paralyzed, if they couldn't walk, if they were numb from their, body down, from the, from their neck down, all they could really do was be, lie on the ground. If you can imagine just lying on the ground and my perspective is really low. My, my vision is low. All I can see is people's legs and um, other, th- yeah. <laughs> my brother once said, my brother once said to um, mum and dad, I don't like going to church. And uh, they said, why not? Because he was only this high. And he said, there's too many bottoms. <laughs> So when you're only that high, when you're only the, when you're only the height of a three or four-year-old, your vision, your perspective is what? Yeah. So we have a, we have a position, we have a, we have a man who was paralyzed and his perspective, his realm of influence was very, very low. The dimension that he lived in, the dimension, in fact, he couldn't even walk because he had no legs. So his dimension, his dimension of life was actually very, very small. All he could do was maybe dream a little bit, shout a little bit, complain a little bit, uh, wallow a little bit, but that was about the extent of his capacity. His, his level of influence, he, he couldn't move very far. He couldn't get up and run. He couldn't get up and, and, um, and accomplish great and mighty things. All he could do, he was completely dependent on somebody else's overflow. The man was unsaved. There was a disconnection from the head. The man, he was, there was no connection with, with Christ, the head of the church, and, and the body. So the man was clearly unsaved, as you, as, as you can see later on. Salvate, your sins are forgiven you. Some people, they live their life in a dimension where they don't go very far. They don't do many things. They're completely dependent on other people. They live their lives. Um, they live such a small, uh, small one-dimensional life. Completely dependent on other people. Some people, uh, before we know Christ, we live a dimension of life which is very, very narrow. Only there to please ourselves. Only there to, to, um, to get what's mine. That, is a, that, that I believe, is, is, is one dimension of living. And I believe that some, even when you come to Christ, so many people still live at that dimension, live in that place where uh, there's no real overflow of their life. They don't, um, there's no blessing towards other people. It's just all about me. It's all about just getting my needs met. It's just a survival mode. Some people live their life in a dimension of a survival mode. And it goes on to say, and so the... Um, the 
And so they brought this paralytic man, and he comes here. And, and then, so the next, the, next, um, the next dimension, I believe, was this, was they came to somebody's house. They came to somebody's house. They brought their man, the, the four friends, brought their man to the house. And, and for some people, I mean, I think this man was a good man. The guy who owned the house. Uh, he lived in another dimension. He wasn't a paralytic, but he was a good man. He, had a, he was open to Jesus. I mean, Jesus was in his house. He had made room for Jesus in his life. He was available. He, he had him in his home. He enjoyed the teaching. But there was still a dimension that he was not yet experiencing. There was good teaching. There was good inspiration. And, and uh, God he made room for us in, in his home. But he was not experiencing the supernatural power of God. They, he lived in a, a dimension that was slightly bigger than, that was bigger than the um, than the paralyzed man, but it was still a confined space. The Bible says, as we read in the story, that uh, there's so many people that had filled, in, uh, filled into his house that, uh, that there was no more room. So the, the man was a good man. He loved, he, obviously, he was open to Jesus, but he had limited capacity. Limited capacity. The house was full up. We couldn't get any more in. The only thing that could get out was, was people. Some people, they live their lives like that. Our capacity as people, we can't fit any more into our lives. We're open to Jesus. We're, we like the good teaching. We have a degree of him in our home, but we're not experiencing the supernatural power, and there's no room for anything else in our life. It's another dimension. And so then, the, then, there's, a th- there's, then there's a third dimension. Where the, the third dimension, the, the third place of living, I believe, was the four men. Now, they had the four men, and... Uh, I believe there was, there was some good char- there was some amazing qualities around where the four men are. And I believe for the majority of us, this is the dimension that we live in. The, the four men, they were, first of all, they were proactive in reaching the lost. The man, the, the, the friend that they had that they brought to Jesus was clearly unsaved. He was clearly sick. He was clearly in need of a miracle. And the only way that he could have got to Jesus or got the miracle was if somebody carried him. So there was an overflow of their life. They lived their life that there was a... a they were proactive in reaching the lost. They were proactive in reaching their friends. They lived in a greater dimension than, than the other two, but they still weren't experiencing supernatural power. They still weren't at that place where they were walking in the dimension that God had called them to walk into. So one day they said to their friends, they said, they said whatever his name is, uh, dude, we know this man, Jesus, that moves in supernatural power. We know this man. We know of a supernatural power. We know of this place. We know of this man that if you can get from here, if we can get you from there to here, we know that there's a chance that you'll be healed. And so they picked up this man and they carried him and they, they spoke faith and spoke vision into his heart. And uh, they were expecting because they heard, they must have heard about Jesus and the miracles that was taking place. So they picked up their man and I, I don't know how far they would have carried him. I, I mean, if, the, if, it was, if it was close, the man could have crawled there. But I believe that they, they must have carried this guy a long way. For some of you people, you've been, you've been, carrying, you've been carrying your friends in your heart for a long time. For some of you here today that you've been, you, you've, you've been proactively reaching out to your friends, uh, you've been uh, proactively opening up your heart and, and, and carrying people and carrying Christ to people, but they're still, we're still in the place of here, not there. And so they, it was for, for many of us, we pray and we fast and we believe for our friends. We, we come to prayer meetings. We, we pray for our city. We pray for our community. We, we carry them in our hearts. We, we fast and we pray and believe and stretch out, but we still in this dimension. 
So what he did, they, 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 they carried this man. They, said, they spoke hope and spoke vision. And inside of their hearts, they must have had a sense of excitement because we're coming to a place where Jesus is. We know that our breakthrough is just around the corner. We know that our breakthrough, we know that that miracle is just over there. If we can just get the body from here to there, we know that we will get a breakthrough. How many people you know in your hearts, you've, uh, maybe it's to do with your finances, maybe it's to do with your job situation, maybe it's to do with your, uh, in your own company, maybe it's, a, um, maybe it's an area of sickness, maybe it's an area in your marriage. Whatever part of your life is broken, whatever part of your life is, is in need of a miracle, and you know that just around the corner, just over there, we know that we'll get our miracle. I myself have been in a place of uh, needing God to break through. And uh, I've been excited about having men of God come and, and minister in the church. I've had hope and faith arise in my heart, knowing that my miracle was just around the corner. How many people have, have experienced that before? Maybe it's in healing, maybe it's in finances, wherever it is. You, whatever need of breakthrough you are, you, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a glimmer of hope that arises in your heart that maybe just around the corner things could be different. And so they pick up this man and they carry him down the street and they hear the shouts and they expecting, full of faith in their hearts to see and get this miracle, to get this breakthrough. And then they come around the corner and they open up, they come around the corner, the first thing they see is, oh, oh. How many people have come to that place where, what the Bible says that the, that the room was so full up that no one else could come in? Their miracle was just there. Jesus was just over there. But there was a slight problem. The crowd was thick. There was no way they could get to him. How many people have come to a place where you've had faith and hope in your heart? You've believed, you've fasted, you've prayed for somebody, you've prayed for your finances, you've prayed for your breakthrough, you've prayed in this, and you've had faith in your heart, expecting that just around the corner, then you come around the corner and things just look a little wee bit different than what you thought they would be. How many people have been in a situation like that before? Yeah. Incredible place. And that point there, that is a place of crisis. That is a place of pressure. So they come to this place, and Jesus is just there. But the crowd is all around them. The crowd is gathered around. And so the crowd is saying, sorry, you can't get in here. It's full up. What happens at that time is I've experienced those places. I've experienced those times. And there's something in your heart sinks. I thought it was going to work out like that. I thought I was going to get a breakthrough. What's... What's wrong with this picture? And at that point there, friends, you and I have a choice. You and I are faced with a decision. Came to the house. It was full up. There was pressure. There was pressure against them. There was resistance against them. There was resistance stopping them from coming to their miracle. So close, but yet so far away. How many people have felt like that? So close, but yet so far away. At that point there, that is the critical place of decision. That is the place that can, has the, the power to shift you from the dimension that you live in, that you and I walk in now, into another dimension of living. But it is a place of decision. See, pressure, resistance, puts you into a place where you must make a decision. Pressure Resistance puts you into a place that reveals your capacity. Pressure puts you into a place where you must either go back, stay the same, or go forward. It puts you in a place of decision. Everyone will make a decision at that point of pressure. The question is, what decision will you make? 
What decision will you make? Friends, so many people, we try and live our lives trying to avoid pressure. Not many people like resistance. (laughs) Not many people like pressure. I don't really like it. If there's another way around it, I'd find it. (laughs) But sometimes there's no other way around it. It's like you come to the mountain and you've been speaking and you've been praying and you've been decreeing to that mountain. Mountain, I command you to shift in Jesus' name, whatever your mountain is. And all of a sudden, the mountain just speaks to you and says, I'm not moving. Then what do you do? (laughs) How many people have been in that position before? (laughs) You've prophesied to that mountain. You have used every trick in the Bible, and that mountain does not move. I know. I've been there before. But it does. It puts you into a place where you must make a decision. What goes through your mind? It's interesting what goes through different people's mind at that point when they're faced with a pressure, when they're faced with a crisis, when they're faced with an opportunity to grow. Many people see the, try and live their lives avoiding pressure and don't see the benefit of it. Some people believe that when pressure comes, it's an attack from the devil. You see all sorts of religious jargon come up. Doors open here, gates open there. But actually, they miss the whole thing and say, hey, it's actually an opportunity for God to grow you. It's an opportunity for you to grow and expand and to, and to come into a different dimension of living. Amen? Actually, it's a great it's an opportunity. It's not, and it, most of the times, it's not an attack from the devil. If it is an attack from the devil, I'd say, well, there must be some part of your life that, uh, that is allowing him to come and attack. You might need to have a good look at your own heart. But I believe most of the time it is God wanting us to come into another dimension of growth. The fact that you're still here today, the fact that you're still coming to church, the fact that you're still giving and you're giving your tithes and offerings, the fact that that you're still here today, that you're still here standing, tells me this, that you haven't been defeated yet, that pressure has not crushed you, that that whatever life has thrown at you, you're still standing. You haven't quit. Friends, that is a fantastic place to be. That is an awesome place to be. Because most people, so many people, they will, as soon as pressure, they'll just turn inward, go into their cave, and that's it. You won't see them for the next few weeks. But the fact that you have pressure and that you're still here today means there is something inside of your heart. There is something of the seed of God inside you that is not yet quit. There's something, there's a fire inside of you that is still alive and there is a determination to break through. Friends, if you're in that, if you're in that place this morning, you are in a great place. You are in a place where you can shift from the place that you live in, the dimension that you live in, into a greater dimension. Amen? Oh, come on, give Jesus a shout of praise this morning. See, some people, when they come to their place, they will look at it at different perspectives. Some people will look at it and just live by circumstance and just take whatever happened, handed to them. Uh, if God wants you healed, he would have made room. It can't be my time then. If God wanted you to have that breakthrough, uh, he would have made the room for you, so it can't have been your time yet for your breakthrough. Maybe it's tomorrow. We've got faith for yesterday, we've got faith for tomorrow, but we don't often have faith for now. Some people live by emotions. They get to that place where of breakthrough, but it's just round over there, but it's, there's a little blockage in the way. And some people start to think or start to feel this, that God, maybe God doesn't love me anymore. Maybe there's sin in my life. Maybe there's some, maybe, and they start to get all rejected and self-pity and, and uh, start to get disappointed. And, and the guys start to retreat into their cave and go silent. And the, the girls start to do that. And some people, their emotions just absolutely just, overcome them and they, they hide and start to get all emotional and start to retreat into the cave. But I know that people here are not like that. Some people, 
we'll look at it with, with a, uh, and try and reason it out. Well, maybe God this, or maybe God this, maybe this, this happened, maybe that. Um, and start to get skeptical over the whole issue. And still miss the fact that it's an opportunity for you to grow. It's not an attack from the devil. It's not an attack for the devil. It's an opportunity for you to grow in a dimension. See, what got them there, what got the four men, what, what got them to that place of round the corner to see the breakthrough, but mountain in the way. What got them there will not get them to where they needed to go. Where they needed to get was inside the place. Where they needed to get was where Jesus is. Where you need to get is where Jesus is. But for many of us, we're faced with, a dis- we're faced with this mountain that's sort of in the way that's not budging. What got them there will not get them in there. Something had to change. The first thing that had to change was a, sh- was a change internally. They had to make a decision. We will not go back. We've carried you this far. <laughs> we've prayed too many prayers. Man, we've fasted too many weeks. We've, we've reached out to so many people. We've, we've brought you this far. I've spoken into your life. We've been challenged. You've been this. We've, we've put so much input into your life. We've carried you this far. We're not going back. Friends, we've been going as a church now for 20-odd years. And, and for many of you, you've been on this journey with us. Friends, we have carried you this far. We're not going to go back. Many people have here, you've spent hours praying and fasting for breakthrough, for growth, for enlargement. We're not going to just, in the face of a little bit of pressure, just turn around and go back. It's not what we're about. It's not what we're about. It's not what you're about. Because if you're here this morning and you've got a little bit of faith in your heart, it means that you're still there. And if you're still here, then you can still go there. <laughs> Amen? So something had to change. Something had to shift them. We've got too much invested in this, friends. We've got too much invested. Pastor Mike, different people, you've got too much invested into this place just to quit at the pace of a little bit of opposition. Too much. So, you've got a choice. What are you going to do? Are we going to go into our caves? Are we going to reason it all out? Are we going to get all emotional? And... <laughs> God doesn't love me anymore. Forsaken me. What are you going to do? Come to that place, the same place where these guys are at. And this is where it comes to a point. I believe that there was at that point there. See, God has put a strength inside each and every one of us today. Every human being has been, bought, has been made with, with particular strengths that have only come from God and God alone. Something inside of them made a shift. And there's a, um, if you look in, the, uh, in, in Ezekiel chapter 1 and verse, in, in verse um, Ezekiel 1, it talks about uh, Ezekiel seeing visions of heaven and, and, uh, and what God is like. In the, and uh, he, he sees four faces. He sees four faces and the uh, each, he sees four men, and each had four faces. The first one had the face of a man. The second one had the face of a lion. The third one had the face of an ox, and the fourth one had the face of an eagle. The Bible goes on to describe in Ezekiel chapter 1 that, there was a, that, there were, that their stature was like a burning coals of fire. There was something fire. There was something alight in them. How many people got some fire in them this morning? The Bible says that... It, through Ezekiel there, that, that whenever, the, whenever the four moved, whenever there was a movement of those four people, whenever there was a movement of those four faces, what happened? There was lightning went out from them. There was a release of power when there was an activation, when they started to move, when they started to shift things. The Bible describes that lightning came out. 
power. Let me ask you, friends, what is lightning? How do you get lightning? Do you just call out lightning? No, 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 no. Lightning works by this. Lightning does not work by two positive charges. Lightning works by a positive charge running against a negative charge. We want some power in our life. You, you, you can't get the power with two negatives running together like that. It doesn't happen. You can't get the power necessarily with two positives running like that. But if you get a, a positive and a negative, something gets released. Something inside of you, there was a positive inside of you. That positive, if, if you're here and you've got the Holy Ghost, if you've got the fire of God inside of you, my friends, there's a positive inside of you. So to release the power, to get a power release in your life, to get a power release in your finances, to get a power release in every part of your life, you need to have a negative. So now all of a sudden our pressure takes on a different perspective. That negative thing that's come against you, that pressure that has come against you, all of a sudden you see it in a different light. Oh, somebody get in this this morning? Come on, somebody get in this this morning. First of all, the first face, the face of a man, the most predominant face that you and I should carry is this, is the face of humanity. You are human. They carried the man. There, was a human, there must be a human face to everything that we do. There must be a, a, there was a, there was a strength in humanity. God has put a strength in you and I. One of the two, and every, every one of these animals has a, a, creatures has a particular strength of their own. The first one is this. The first one is the face of a man. There was a strength in the power of humanity. There was strength in the human touch. There was a, a, one, of the, one of the main strengths that you and I have as human beings is this. It's the choice of free will. But you have the power to choose. You have the power to choose in blessing. You have the power to choose in cursing. The Bible says that, God says in front, it was in Joshua, he says, today I put before you blessing and cursing, life and death. Choose life. Every person here, you have the choice of free will. The other thing that we have is the power to believe. Your Belief system has the power, has the strength to push you through any obstacle. It has the power to push you through anything that will come against you if you would just believe. We sang before, nothing is impossible to those who believe. Animals don't believe. They act on instinct. They don't always have a choice of free will. But you have a choice of free will. The second one here, so there's the there's this human aspect where they carried him where there was a deep love for this man. You're not going to have a deep love for people. The second one, the face of a lion. The lion talks about the boldness. It talks about a sound. It talks about kings. When you think lion, you think king. Kings operate in a different dimension than servants. Kings give a different sound. Kings operate completely different. There's a sound that a lion makes that when the lion roars, all creation listens. I was talking to Andrew the other day. Andrew, my brother-in-law, was raised in Africa. He was saying um, he's out camping with his father, and um, and in the morning, intense, and in the morning you'd hear the lions roar, 
and uh, the lion's roar would just shake the walls of the tent, and uh, he would be this. And every time the lions would roar, there would be something, uh, you'd hear noises on the tent. And uh, Andrew was saying, oh, uh, what that was was when the lions roar that the, roar that the monkeys poo themselves. There's something, <laughs> there's something about a lion's roar. When you stand up and say, we've come this far, we're not going back. That mountain will be in front of us. We're going to find a way. We will get up onto that place. I will climb up onto your house. I will climb up on top of your limitation. Yes, it's your house. It's not, uh, not my house, but I will get up on top of there. We're going up. <laughs> when you start to make a sound, when you start to roar like a lion, when you start to speak like a king, there'll be monkeys around you will poo themselves. <laughs> but keep on roaring. Keep on roaring. The second plate, the, the third one was the header, was the ox. The ox talks about breakthrough. The ox talks about the apostolic. You need a strength to carry somebody from here and pop them up onto somebody else's roof. How many people have tried to carry and put someone up onto somebody else's roof? Too hard. You need tremendous strength to do that. You need strength to be able to plow the ground and start to open up the roof. I mean, I've been on a roof. I've tried to get through a roof, and I need tools to get through a roof. See, there's a different type of strength that, that you have the power to tap into. And that is a, that is a strength for a breakthrough. There comes a time when, yes, you're going to have to, there's, a human, there's a, a human face. There's going to come a time when you've got to roar like a lion. There's going to come a time when you've got you to do some hard yak. You've got to crack open that ground. You've got to crack open that roof. You've got to crack open that limitation. You've got to crack it open so the sky's the limit. You've got to get onto somebody's house. You've got to get onto somebody's roof. You've got to find that place where God is and dig that place out. There's some hard yards that you've got to do. Third one was the face of an eagle. Eagle has a different perspective. And they saw right up here. They can see a little mouse from way down there. The Bible says that when they dug through the roof, they, they lowered him down right to the place where Jesus was. It wasn't in the next room. It wasn't over here. It was right in front of Jesus, right there, smack bang right there. How, how many times have you got up on a roof and tried to find where you're where different? Can you try and get up on your roof and find out where your, uh, where your pillow is? No. Yeah, but you'll get close, but will you bang through that roof? Would you bang land straight onto that pillow? Man, you need x-ray vision to be able to see through that. But I believe that God has wanted to give you an eye, a supernatural. When you get into that place of God, when you make that decision, God will give you prophetic insight exactly where to dig, exactly where to go into that place, exactly where to go to get to the place where Jesus is, exactly where to go to get to that miracle that you need. Prophetic. It gives you a different perspective. Sometimes you've got to get out of the circumstance where you're at and get into the place where God sees because if your dimension is this slow, you've got to come to another dimension to be able to see where you need to go. So perspective. We've got to get into a place where we see how God sees. Revelation 4, it says, come up here and I'll show you some things that need to happen. Come up here. You get up there, you can see where God is. You can see where you need to dig. You can see what needs to happen. You know exactly where to do it. And so, friend, when you bring all those four together, when you get all those four together, and man, you can make something shift. All those four, there was something happened inside. There was a decision that was made inside of them. 
See, in the face of pressure and resistance, they chose faith. Friend, whatever, whatever pressure you are facing today, make the decision to choose faith. Make the decision to grow into a greater dimension that God has called you into. See, sometimes you don't know what's inside of you until you face a little bit of pressure. Everybody here loves to see a display of courage. Why is it that we love to see a display of courage? Because we all know what fear is like. <laughs> if you didn't have fear, you wouldn't have courage. If you didn't have fear, you wouldn't have boldness. If you wouldn't have pressure, if you didn't have resistance, you wouldn't have determination. So don't run from your pressure. Don't run from your crisis. Look at it as an opportunity to grow, amen? Turn to the person next to you, tell them, don't run from their pressure. See, they got up into somebody's roof. Just in finishing out, they're going to have the band come up. They got up into somebody's roof. These guys, they managed to drag their brother up there, drag their friend up there. See, the roof speaks of a limitation. The roof speaks of a place of confinement. For so many of us today in this place, maybe you're in a place of confinement. Maybe you're here, you're in a place where you've got Jesus inside of your life. You've made a little bit of room inside there, but it's pretty full up. You're still in a place of confinement. You're not seeing that next dimension that God has called you to walk in. You need somebody to climb up onto your roof. You need somebody with a bit of boldness that will speak into your life, that's not afraid to start to dig into your life. What became somebody's, what was somebody's roof, what was somebody's limitation, ended up becoming somebody else's platform. <laughs> ended up becoming somebody else's greater dimension. And when those four men decided that they would get up onto that place, everyone got a breakthrough. The Bible says this as we finish off, that you may know that the Son of Man has power. Everybody say power on earth. That means God wants to release a demonstration of power in your life. God wants to bring you to a place where you can say, I have never seen this before. But what it's going to take is a little bit of pressure. <laughs> Scary. What it's going to take is a little bit of pressure. See, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians, just as we finish up, there is no temptation, there is no pressure. There's nothing that has come against you except which is common to man. In other words, what he's saying is, and he goes on to say, and God will always provide a way out. So those pressures, those temptations, those things, that crisis that's in front of you now, God's allowed it to bring you to a place of living in this dimension to live into this dimension. See, we've only looked at three dimensions so far. The fourth dimension is the dimension that Jesus Christ walked in. Release the power, forgiveness of sins. And that's a whole other story is the fourth dimension. That is the dimension that you and I are called to walk in. Not as a paralytic, not somebody just has um, Jesus in their home and just lives in a place of confinement. Not just as a person that just reaches out to their friends, but has the power inside them 
to release healing, to release breakthrough, to release miracles, to forgive sins. Amen? See, the disciples, Peter and all the disciples, they, they walked, they started off at one dimension, they grew to another dimension, they grew to another dimension, and then by the end of their life, they were walking in that fourth dimension. How many people here, you want to walk in that fourth dimension? Come on, how many people, you want to walk in that fourth dimension of power? How many people are sick of the dimension that you're living in right now? You're wanting to break forth into, into a place of enlargement. You're wanting to break through into a place of prosperity. You want your influence to grow and enlarge. How many people want that to happen this morning? Friends, that's going to take pressure. <laughs> Come on, someone's going to have some pressure this morning. Come on, why don't you just stand up right now? <laughs> Hallelujah. The eyes of the Lord, the Bible says, roam to and fro from the earth, looking for hearts who are loyal to Him. To Him, to who He may show Himself strong. How many people need some God's strength in their life tonight, this morning? Yeah, come on. Why don't you just close your eyes right now? <laughs> 